listening to Living with ADHD and CPTSD, available on Apple and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Living with ADHD and CPTSD. Today's ADHD episode is going to be something that I've been thinking about for a while, and I needed to have some research done and clarity before I actually made it into a podcast, because I wanted to be sure that what I was saying had some validity and couldn't be disputed or torn apart by people out there who aren't sure. <clears throat> the topic is, can CPTSD or childhood trauma cause children and obviously adults to develop ADHD? And the reason that I ask this is because it's mostly for my own inquiry to my own personal life because as you are aware if you are have you been listening to my podcasts for a very long time that i have both cptsd and adhd uh, i was diagnosed over uh well about a month and a half ago with inattentive adhd and two and a half years or so i was told that i had complexed complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD by my therapist and so <clears throat> I was wondering about whether or not I had ADHD separately because of some because of my brain or if it was developed due to childhood trauma that I had experienced as a young child and into my teenage years but mostly th as a young child and when I had a brief discussion about it with a family member of mine, it really started to bring it all together and solidified the idea into more of a possibility. And there is also <clears throat> a therapist out there who has a video series and he has informed and talked about in his own research and theory, and theory that ADHD comes from trauma. And so it started to make me think, you know, I think this is a really good possibility that this is what I'm dealing with, is that I'm dealing with ADHD that has come from CPTSD. So yeah i this is what i'm going to discuss i do have a couple articles that i'm going to read that i have found online and i am going to of course post them in the the main page of the podcast for you to see and hopefully this will give my audience a real good uh thorough understanding of the pot like the likelihood and the possibilities of it coming from trauma and not just developing genetically. This is a more recent 
discovery and the research and the studies have been very recent. So it's not exactly a very well known. It's not the most um, researched topic currently out there in the in the medical science world or the neurological psycho you know psychiatry world. So, anyways, um, I'm gonna read and then discuss my own experiences here. Okay, so here's the first article. I never suspected ADHD could be linked to my childhood trauma. For the first time, it felt like someone had finally heard me. If there's one thing I know, it's that trauma has an interesting way of mapping itself out on your body. For me, the trauma I endured ultimately showed up as inattentiveness, bearing a striking resemblance to ADHD. When I was young, what I now know as hypervigilance and dissociation were largely mistaken for acting out and willfulness. Because my parents divorced when I was three years old, my teachers told my mother that my inattentiveness was a form of defiant, attention-seeking behavior. Growing up, I struggled to stay focused on projects. I had difficulty finishing my homework, and I would become frustrated when I couldn't understand specific subjects or lessons at school. I figured that this, what was happening to me was normal. I didn't know any better and didn't see that anything was wrong. I saw my struggles and learning to be a personal failing on my part, chipping away at my self-esteem. It wasn't until I grew older that I started to closely examine my struggles with concentration, emotional regulation, impulsivity, and more. I wondered whether something more might have been happening for me. Like a ball of yarn beginning to unravel, each week I tried to work through the different memories and feelings associated with the trauma of years past. It felt like I was slowly but surely untangling a mess. While examining my health, tra my trauma history helped me understand some of my struggles, it still didn't completely explain some of my issues with attention, memory, and other executive functioning. With more research and self-reflection, I realized my symptoms were similar to Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, ADHD, and to be honest, although I didn't know much about the neurodevelopmental disorder at the time, something about it clicked. I decided to bring it up at my very next therapy appointment. Walking into my next appointment, oh, there we go, sorry, walking into my next appointment, I was nervous but I already, I felt ready to confront these issues head on and I knew my therapist would be someone safe to talk about how I was feeling. Sitting in the room with her across from me, I started to describe specific situations like the difficulty I would have focusing when I tried to write or how I needed to keep several lists and calendars to stay organized. She listened and validated my concerns and told me that what I was experiencing was normal. Not only was it normal, but it was also something that had been studied. It had, has been reported that children who have been exposed to traumatic childhood experiences can display behavior that's similar in nature to those who have been diagnosed with ADHD. Of particular significance, children who experience trauma earlier on in life are much more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD. While one doesn't cause the other, studies showcase there is some link between the two conditions. While it's uncertain of what that connection is, it's there. For the first time, it felt like someone had finally heard me and made me feel like there was no shame for what I was experiencing. 
In 2015, after many years of struggling with my own mental health, I was finally diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD. It was after that diagnosis when I started to listen to my body and try to heal myself from the inside out. It was only then that I started to begin to recognize the symptoms of ADHD too. This isn't surprising when you look at the research. Even in adults, there is increasing evidence that people who have PTSD will likely have additional symptoms that can be account- can't be accounted for, more closely resembling ADHD. With so many young people being diagnosed with ADHD, this raises a lot of interesting questions about the role that childhood trauma might play. Although ADHD is one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders in North America, Dr. Nicole Brown, a resident at John Hopkins in Baltimore, noticed a specific increase in her youth patients exhibiting behavioral issues but not responding to medications. This led to Brown investigating what the link could be. Through her research, Brown and her team discovered that repeated exposure to trauma at a young age, either physical or emotional, would increase a child's risk for toxic levels of stress, which in turn might impair their own neurodevelopment. It was reported in 2010 that nearly 1 million children may have been diagnosed with ADHD each year, which is why Brown believes it is so valuable that trauma-informed care take place from a younger age. In many ways, this opens up the possibility for more comprehensive and helpful treatments, and perhaps even earlier identification of PTSD in young people. As an adult, I can't say it has been easy. Until that day in my therapist's office, trying to navigate this has felt, at times, impossible, especially when I didn't know what was wrong. For my entire life, when something stressful would happen, it was easier to dissociate from the situation. When that didn't happen, I would often find myself in a state of hypervigilance with sweaty palms and the inability to focus, afraid my safety was about to be violated. Until I started seeing my therapist, who suggested I enroll into a trauma therapy program at a local hospital, my brain would quickly become overloaded and shut down. There were a lot of times when people would comment and tell me that I seemed disinterested or distracted. It often took a toll on some relationships that I had. But the reality was my brain and body were fighting so hard to self-regulate. I didn't know any other way to protect myself. While there's still a lot more research to be done, I've still been able to incorporate coping strategies that I've learned in treatment, which has helped my mental health overall. I started to look into time management and organizational resources to help me focus on upcoming projects. I began implementing movement and grounding techniques into my day-to-day life. While all of this calmed some of the noise in my brain ever so slightly, I knew I needed something more. I made an appointment with my doctor so we could discuss my options, and I'm waiting to see them any day now. When I finally began to recognize the struggle I was having with daily tasks, I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment. Although I knew that many people struggled with these things, I felt like I'd somehow brought this up on myself. But the more I unravel the tangled bits of yarn in my mind and work through the trauma I've endured, I realize I didn't bring this on myself. Rather, I was my very best self by showing up for myself and attempting to treat myself with kindness. 
while it's true that no amount of medication can take away or fully heal the traumas I experienced, being able to vocalize what I need and to know that there's a name to what's going on inside me has been helpful beyond words. So yes, there's some, there's one article regarding the link between CPTSD and ADHD. I have this suspicion and I am becoming more and more convinced that a good percentage of young children who grow up in a broken home or a home where they have been emotionally abused or physically abused and have grown up with one or both of their parents being a narcissist or a psychopath or you know something similar like maybe even in school have developed symptoms of ADHD and today are just finding out that their ADHD is not a genetic thing. It is more to do with the trauma that they have experienced at a young age and it interfering with the development of their neurological uh, mind and the pieces in the brain that, you know, are supposed to develop into a neurotypical mind that are being, you know, taken away and slowed down or, you know, really just t not given the, the proper chance to develop the way it should. And so, of course, they then develop a lot of inattentive and hyperactive symptoms that are ADHD signs. And for all they believe for most of their life is that they have ADHD. And until they are able to connect the dots, and a lot of times with the help of their therapist, and it's probably going to take a lot of you know, therapy sessions for you to get to that recognition and understanding that they learn that the trauma that they had when they were a little kid could very well be the explanation for the ADHD. I'm really starting to believe that's my case for sure, because I, when I was a child, I was, you know, like, I wasn't a hyperactive child necessarily. Um, some people may debate that, but I know myself better than anybody. And I, when I grew up, like, I don't remember a ton of my childhood. I have distant memories. I have some significant things that stick out in my head as a child and some of them are bad some of them are good um i i did grow up with a father who has a very short and incredibly angry temper and that did lead to very aggressive and at times unnecessary disciplinary actions against me and 
caused uh, a great level of anxiety buildup in me and trauma that it just was repeated, obviously, as a child. And then it was further exacerbated uh, when I went to school because I ended up, you know, being bullied and ridiculed by teachers and my classmates for many, many years. And it just, you know, you develop this identity and you start to believe that you're not good enough, you're not worth anybody's time and attention, that you're not attractive, that you're not um, smart, um, that you don't deserve friends or you don't deserve to be in a relationship, you don't deserve happiness, all that kind of stuff. And I went through a lot of that and... I I never realized how the ADHD would play like how much of a role, excuse me, all that experience that I had throughout my life would most likely, you know, help cause the ADHD and I always thought for the longest time that I was a normal child, like you know, I I was really good at sports. Um, I learned things fast. I was always detail oriented. Um, I often got bored though, and I was disinterested in in things like reading and school. Um, I didn't focus a lot on schoolwork. I was I was so into like daydreaming and thinking about football and hockey and and stuff to do besides school. And of course I wouldn't do homework. I was always playing video games or watching movies or hanging out with my friends and playing hockey or football. So I didn't know any better. And because my parents didn't know that anything was different, they thought I was just a normal kid. It never got taken care of. There was nothing ever done about it. Or there was never a concern that there was something unusual about me. Okay, I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, uh, I will read this second article that I have and just discuss a little bit more about my own CPTSD and ADHD uh, life experiences. All right, talk to you in a bit. So the next article I'm, is called, uh, sorry, The Science of Fear, Probing the Brain Circuits that Link to ADHD and CPTSD. Research increasingly reveals a strong relationship and reciprocal risk factors between ADHD and CPTSD. What explains this mutual comorbidity? comorbidity? CPTSD is associated with dysfunction in areas of the brain implicated in fear extinction learning. New studies reveal that individuals with ADHD have similarly deficient, deficient fear circuitry, which could begin to explain the disorder's link. Is there a relationship between attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and complex post-traumatic stress disorder? Absolutely. 
A growing body of research has documented a robust link between the two conditions, suggesting that individuals with ADHD are at an elevated risk for CPTSD and vice versa. Clinically, the implications of such a relationship are vast, as are the questions. What makes ADHD an antecedent risk factor for CPTSD? One theory posits that abnormal neural fear circuitry connects individuals with ADHD and CPTSD. Individuals with ADHD appear to have dysfunctional activation of the same brain structures implicated in fear which is also true for individuals with CPTSD. This overlap may underscore the strong statistical association between the disorders and help explain why individuals with ADHD are more likely to suffer the long-lasting psychological aftershocks of CPTSD after experiencing trauma. ADHD and CPTSD risk factor research. By definition, CPTSD is preceded by multiple traumatic events throughout life. Though half of the population may experience some lifetime trauma, the majority of people do not. The condition has a lifetime incident rate of 8.7% in the United States. The issue of interest then is vulnerability, specifically identifying the factors that make an individual more likely to develop CPTSD following trauma. ADHD, while not not the only risk factor, emerges as an incredibly intriguing one for these reasons. ADHD is prevalent neurobiological disorder for early life onset, while CPTSD develops later in life, suggesting that the former is precursor for the latter. ADHD is associated with high levels of risk-taking behaviors and impulsivity that could lead to traumatic events. Deficit Deficits in attention and prefrontal cortical functioning resembling those in ADHD brains have been identified in people with CPTSD as well. In rodents, prenatal nicotine exposure leads to both ADHD-like phenotype as well as fear circuitry, circuitry abnormalities like those seen in CPTSD. In addition, both conditions are character, characterized by irregularities in dopaminergic neurotransmission. Both have common specific genetic risk factors, including polymorphisms in the dopamine transporter gene and cannabinoid receptor gene. Our systematic review and meta-analysis of several studies examining the relationship between the two reveals a bi-directional association between the two disorders. The relative risk for CPTSD in individuals with ADHD is four times greater compared to normal controls. It is close to against psychiatric controls and 1.6 against traumatized controls. The risk for ADHD in individuals with CPTSD is twice that observed in normal controls. Against trauma controls, the risk ratio is more than two, which is highly significant against psychiatric controls, which is about one and not very elevated. ADHD and CPTSD, understanding fear and neural circuitry. If ADHD is an antecedent risk factor, it could be due to a neurological vulnerability, specifically abnormal fear circuitry, that may predispose individuals with ADHD to develop CPTSD after trauma. To understand this relationship, we must first review the processes involved in fear, including how fear is developed and distinguished, and how the process might be compromised in individuals. So I think it's really time to just get deep into this with my own personal experiences. 
and understanding and how, you know, that, that light bulb went off in my head, understand, uh, realizing that my ADHD, there's a really good chance that it developed because of my trauma. When you, when you sit back and you think about it, and I, I realize that it's difficult, you know, if you've got a lot of thoughts going on in your mind and it's hard to focus on what you're doing. And I get that, so forgive me if it's hard, but when you sit back and you go over my childhood, like the number of times that I had to deal with the understand, you know, like the the process of going, of having something happen. Like I, you know, I'd accidentally break something, or I'd or I'd be too loud, or I'd be rambunctious and get into trouble, or I'd be a child, right? Like a child doing childlike things and acting out like a child who's you know not fully developed, nowhere near, and having a a parent who who has gone through in their lifetime long before I was ever born their own sort of trauma and abuse that you know they experienced bef- like in their time in childhood and whenever he would then take out his anger and get triggered and would take it out on me and it would be very violent and over the top and quite aggressive like you you got to understand like back in the day in the late from i think it started when i was like three four roughly i don't know exactly the exact time frame but my first memories of it was when i was four but during growing up in the in the early 80s into the 90s as a child it was still considered to be acceptable to when your child is is misbehaving to discipline them using capital punishment style um or corporal punishment or whatever you want to call it i don't really care um basically spanking um now different parents obviously do it in a different way um some parents will just grab their child or would grab their child and put them on their knee and just spank them on their butt they wouldn't take their pants down or anything it would just be like as it is and then hit them once on the butt and then that would be it and then put them down and of course the kid would would cry because it hurt and and the parent would give them a a stern talking to you know telling them why and that they misbehaved and they gotta be better if they want to avoid it and then there are some parents who would take their child's pants down and expose the butt like to the to skin and then would hit the same thing would spank them on the on their butt and i'm i'm guessing that it hurt more because it was skin on like a bare skin on on a on a bare rear 
and of course would do it once or maybe twice i don't know i i'm i don't exactly pay attention to that and i haven't seen it in such a long time so can't i can't exactly remember and then there would be my family and specifically my father who it was different like he would you know how some parents they get upset or they decide okay the child's been misbehaving time to discipline they wouldn't get like they wouldn't take it personally or they wouldn't make they wouldn't be angry where they're like how they get angry at someone who's who has betrayed them or lied to them or stole something from them and like it was a personal attack against them they wouldn't they wouldn't have that sort of emotional tie to what they were doing it would be it would just it wouldn't be personal right like okay you're you're being bad i'm going to discipline you and that's that well my father it's like he would take it personally he would get so it it would just light a fire like it would be like um like a trap going off or like the 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 spark and he'd get it was like he was fully lit just gone his temper would go from zero to a hundred just like that and it was done and he would he would if if i was aware that it was coming i'd run obviously because i didn't i knew what was coming and he would catch up and he'd grab me and he'd swiftly put me on on his lap with and take my pants down and it was like multiple times it i i think it was like four five times and it was pretty hard too like it wasn't like a swift semi hard or something like just to cause a bit of a bit of discomfort it was it was hard and it was scary enough that it it caused me to you know obviously have a traumatic uh, situation and it was multiple times and it it makes sense that it developed over time because of the repetitiveness of the discipline and then obviously as i got older and he wasn't able to do that anymore he it was it was turning into verbal like abuse and threatening it the tra- the trauma affected the ability for the brain to develop properly and to to fully develop into what a neurotypical brain would be and so the areas that got affected and that didn't develop properly were areas that have are like ADHD areas obviously in the front of the brain and so over you know over that time period I developed the ADHD related symptoms and it it didn't really come clear like it, it wasn't obvious until I was I think yeah until I was about in my early 30s when I started to feel like when I had my health related problems and I and that's when the stress and the anxiety really started to appear that's when I kind of noticed it like there were symptoms in the past before then when 
concentration and and obviously through school right that was also a, a, a significant situation that would that's pretty obvious to anybody watching or observing me it's just i didn't really think about it too thoroughly until then and it's one of those things where you finally just you sit there and you go hmm so this is what it is and then you relate to and you connect the dots and it's pretty clear so what i recommend for those who are listening to my podcast and have a definite have a definitive assessment that you have adhd doesn't matter what kind you have um it could be hyperactive it could be inattentive it could be combined if there's any questions or any doubts or you think back to your childhood if there's any question of it i recommend doing research do a lot of research ask questions go to your therapist discuss it with him don't make any assumptions and don't make any judge quick judgments on what you've heard there's a lot of research out there and there's a lot of evidence that supports it but you have to do your own research and you have to question things before you can declare for yourself that that's what's happened to you as well. Otherwise, if you make an assumption and you and everything and then you go to your therapist or you question somebody of authority that may be like your parents and they go, what the hell are you talking about? That's none of this ever happened you know, or something like that, then you're going to feel bad about it. It's going to make you feel stupid and regretful that you brought it up without having, you know, really knowing. So do some research before you ask, because otherwise you could cause unnecessary harm. And it's not right. It wouldn't be good for yourself if that's if you did that. You don't have to believe what I say. It's just do your own research. It is something that's out there. They have done studies on it. And so there is some, there is a lot of evidence that backs it up, but still do your own research. All right, that's it for today's episode. Um, Tomorrow will be a CPTSD episode, of course. Uh, if you'd like to contact me, you can do a number of ways. You can go through Twitter. Uh, my handle is at ADHD and CPTSD. You can email me. My address is livingwithadhd and CPTSD at gmail.com. You can go to my website, livingwithadhd and CPTSD.ca. Um, there's a lot of resources and information on there. If you want to support me, um, you can do a number of ways. You can go to ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash living with ADHD and CPTSD. Or you can become a subscriber through Apple Podcasts to this podcast. It's early. You get early access to all new episodes. Plus, you get access to subscriber-only bonus episodes that I put out. There's already quite a bit of footage, uh, sorry, of extra um, recordings and episodes that are on Apple that are only accessible through subscriber podcasts. You can do monthly or you can do yearly. Uh, Monthly for most locations is $1.99 a month. 
and you get a free three-day trial before you start paying and you'll have plenty, all the access to everything and it will be worth it and there's another way of supporting me through my endeavors of my podcast and getting information out to my listeners and to people who are affected by both ADHD and CPTSD along with autism and anxiety which affects a lot of people all right everyone have a great evening and i shall talk to you later bye